0: All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered.
1: I will defy tyrants. 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 And
3: good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio show here on Red State Talk Radio where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about a hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to signsoflibertymedia.com, and when you get there, you'll see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. You can catch that up until 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. And I know we had some issues on Facebook yesterday. Uh, I don't <clears throat> know specifically. I think it was... Maybe the, the song I played at the first, uh, it, they just cut it off from everybody. And then after the show's done, they released it. <laughs> so uh, sorry about that, guys. I I guess I'm going to have to be careful of playing some Toby Mac on there or something. I don't know. Uh, in any case, on the right side is where we're streaming live now. And uh, all you got to do is click the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got. And then the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see a rumble icon. You can click on that and join us in the chat on Rumble, and by the way, we are streaming uh, to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. Uh, those various little Facebook pages that continue to sort of, I don't know, hobble along, <laughs> if we'll say that, uh, in getting uh, the stream out, and uh, also on Twitter, uh, the real Tim Brow too. Don't put the N in there. Put a 2 in the place of the N, and you'll find it over there, and uh, we're streaming live over there as well. Also, while you're on SignsOfLibertyMedia.com, right below that, uh, there is a place where you can subscribe for our email newsletter, and you can uh, get that. That'll be coming out each night in the evening time, somewhere between 7 and 8 p.m. Eastern. And then if you want our ministry email, you can go to sonsoflibertyradio.com, sign up right there on the front page, and you get one of those once a week, and that usually comes out on Saturdays, okay? Uh, also, if you agree with our message and you'd like to help support us and keep us out there and the things that we're doing... The donate button is at the top of the page. You can click on that and make a one-time donation. You can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. And uh, by the way, if you are in the state of Minnesota or you're traveling through there, the Minnesota State Fair is going on. The Sons of Liberty are there in the lower level of the East grandstand. So if you're there and you want to see the Sons of Liberty, you want to check out the table there. And also, I got to say, I was looking at the pictures, lots of different colors of shirts that are not on the, the, on the website. So if you're, Looking for stuff like that and some other little things. I think they've got some clearance items there, too. So you can get some deals on those. Check that out at the Minnesota State Fair. Again, lower level of the East Grandstand. I believe I have that right. (laughs) If not, just ask where the Sons of Liberty are, and they'll direct you. But it's lower level Grandstand. I'm thinking it's East. I think that's the part that's there. Uh, Also, our store is available. And again, you can click on that. At the top of the page, and this week we're highlighting the My War comic book, uh, the testimony of Bradley Dean. Uh, this not only has uh, his testimony, but it has the Declaration of Independence, has the Constitution, so you guys have been wanting a copy of that. Um, I mean, they're fairly simple to get a hold of. You can find those anywhere, you know, the pocket Constitution stuff like I, like I have here. But if you want one of those, that comes in there. The donation is normally $15, this week only through Saturday at midnight. You can get twenty percent off by using the promo code Comic Twenty. Comic and the number twenty, all one word, gets you twenty percent off, and that is through Saturday night this week uh, at midnight. So, if you want to, if you want to take advantage of that, now is the time to do that. Okay, um, <clears throat> I got a couple of videos that I want to play this morning, and then we're gonna we're gonna look at this this bill that's come up uh, about disbanding the ATF, which I'm all for. Anything to get rid of more DC is fine with me. You yeah? know, in fact. I don't know why somebody hasn't put it up to say, look, we have we have really just become so corrupt that we just need to disband ourselves. And I'm talking about Congress and the whole nine yards of D.C. I mean, that's just the way it, That's the way I see it. Um, but here's the first one. And I'll, i i got to tell you, I, I looked at this and I was like, what is going on? So I don't know what's happening here. Um, and you guys who are listening by way of the radio, you won't see this. You can see it in the archive or if you want to jump on sonslibertymedia.com, you can see it. This is Saudi Arabia, and there's water just gushing out of the ground in the middle of the desert, creating little rivers through. I don't know what went on. I don't know how it happened or anything like that. So if somebody's got some insight to this, I'd love to hear it. But uh, check this out. You hear the guys talking, but this, this water is just gushing out of the desert. I don't know if... I mean, I can't see any tracks like bulldozers or... Well, there's some some tracks there. Looks like somebody was driving. And it may be these guys who are filming. But the water's just coming up out of here. And uh, creating these little rivers. I mean, really interesting. Really, really interesting. And I don't know what caused it. No idea. And it looks like there's just a couple of guys out there uh, filming it. So, anyway, that's number one. That's number one. All right, so the other one that I have, or I've got a couple here, um, this one is just absolutely incredible. Okay, th- things are happening. So They're getting so bad, all right? And I think this is due to the shots, to the genocide jabs, okay? They're now taking hospital beds they're making them out of cardboard so that when you die, they just fold it up in a nice, neat little box coffin. I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. In fact, check it out. Now, for those who are listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, they're showing a uh, patient. Uh, they showed them that they could take this cardboard bed. They could lean it up just like a regular bed and all. Then they take the handles off if the person dies, and they just start folding the thing together. This way, they don't have to touch the patient. You know, the patient could be... Uh, they could transmit. <laughs> or any of this kind of stuff. Okay? I, I don't know who came up with this idea. I'm kind of wondering how many people are going to be wanting to go to the hospital if they're going to lay on what they know could be their cough. I, I just... I don't get it. Uh, but this is what they're doing, and this is the manufacturing process here of what they're doing. And it can support more than 150 kilograms. So a biodegradable material which is you, know, you. Um but how that happens I don't know. But this is where things are going. It's not we're trying to look out to try to keep you alive. We're just preparing you to <laughs> send you into the thing. Oh right out of right out of the uh right out of the hospital. One more or excuse me two more and this last one I'm saving to last because I'm gonna have to pause it in between because what they're saying I think is in Hebrew and so I'm gonna have to translate that. Okay. Uh, and it, it is translated on the screen, but for people who are listening by way of radio, you won't hear it. Remember when the sodomite Anderson Cooper, and yes, he's an open sodomite, reported on 5,200 government employees uh, viewing child porn? No, you don't remember that? That actually made television.
1: Check it out. i honest potentially hundreds of military employees and contractors who may have bought child pornography online but haven't been prosecuted or even in some cases investigated. That's right, you heard me, child pornography. As Many as 1,700 names, according to a U.S. senator, on a list of 5,200 from an Internet sting operation overlooked the first time around four years ago. Only now are they supposedly getting a second look and only after pressure from investigative reporters and the U.S. senator you're about to hear from, Republican Charles Grassley. The Pentagon porn story began in 2006. An Immigration and Customs Enforcement child pornography sting operation called Project Flickr produced payment records of about 5,200 people, many of whom provided army or fleet zip codes or military email addresses. Subsequently, the Pentagon's investigative branch, DCIS, began going through the ICE list to identify who actually was a DOD employee or a contractor. The investigation, however, only ran for eight months. (laughs) Only eight months, because why? Well, we
3: got these guys exactly where we want them, and now they're compromised, and we can control them. That's what that's all about. It's not about prosecution. It's not about justice. It's about controlling them. You dummies! You put your your address there. You, I mean, you know, there used to be a show out called um, I forget what it was, Stupid Crimes or something, and they used to have the the little music. that says, "Crooks are stupid. Crooks are really dumb." You know, they would do that kind of thing. I mean, th- this is what they're doing, and they're taking these guys, fifty two hundred of them. You heard it, and they're going to control them. And that's what they've been doing. There's no doubt in my mind that's what they're doing. Now, this one, okay, listen. If you're in Israel first, if you believe geopolitical Israel over there is God's people and all this kind of stuff, I'm just telling you, these people are Antichrist who are running this stuff right here. They are. And you're going to see their indoctrination. This is this is inside one of their classrooms, okay? And, um, yeah, check this out. I'm probably going to have to pause in between but I'll read for the listening audience, I'll read what's going on here. It says, What comes to mind when I say the word Yerushalem, or Jerusalem? The Holy Land, Holy (laughs) House, the Temple. Who thinks that the Temple will be built in a few years? All the kids are raising their hand. What is there in place of the temple? The Al-Asq Mosque? What will happen to the mosque? It will collapse, explode, disappear.
2: Who among you have met an Arabic kid in the last year? All the kids are raising their hands. Where
3: did you meet him? Near the temple. Did you talk to him? No, he pushed me away and left. What happened when you meet an Arabic kid? What do you feel? Angry. I feel I want to kill them.
0: And And what happens when
3: you meet... Hold on, I just went past this going a little fast. What happens when you meet an unreligious Jewish kid? We feel sorry for him because he is secular. Why do you feel sorry for him? Is it because he was not born religious? What did he lose? He is not moving in the right path. How do you see Jerusalem in the next 10 years? Everybody will be a religious Jew. That's how these kids are being indoctrinated. Everybody will be a religious Jew. And there will be Arabs, but they will be slaves. Oh, because the Messiah will be here. I got it. What do you say? there will be a massive war and all the Arabs will die. And part of them will become slaves. Well, I don't know how that works. If all of them die, how do you get part of them to become slaves? But this is what they're, this is what they're indoctrinated with. Good. You got all the information. Thank you, kids. Keep, keep up in your education here. Say the indoctrinators. And it's not just the Arabs they want for this. Okay. It's not just the Arabs they want for this. They want all of the Goyim. And this, is what they're in, this is right out of their, their classroom, guys. This is Antichrist. They're waiting on the Messiah still. The Messiah has come, friends. His name is Jesus, the Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach. I, I mean, this is the guy who came to save his people from their sins. These people are still peddling the same lies that their fathers were peddling when Jesus confronted them and pronounced woes on them. And they knew who Jesus was. They saw his miracles. They knew he was the Son of God. In fact, when you go back to the parable that Jesus told about the vineyard, and he says, well, the vineyard owner is going to send his son. Maybe, and you know, he sent them prophets, and they beat him, and they killed him, and everything. And then what happened? He says, I'll send them my son. Surely they'll respect my son. And they said, no, let's kill him and take the inheritance. Let's have this this vineyard to ourselves. And the passage goes on to say, they perceived that he was speaking about them. And he was. He was speaking about them. So keep that in mind. This is the indoctrination that's going on there. And I I tell you, American Christians, you better wake up from this, this slumber that you're in about who is the real Israel. You really better wake up to that. And I recommend the book of Galatians because that's exactly what it deals with. Exactly who the true Israel is. It is the people of God. It is those who have the faith of Abraham and that faith is in the promised seed, not seeds as in many, but the one, Jesus the Christ. All right? So, that's that's all I've got for the videos today. Now, here's here's what's come out Uh, Here recently, Um, yesterday we put out the the article on disband the ATF bill needs your support. Uh, There's a bill that's been put forth by Marjorie Taylor Greene, H.R. 3960. It is to eliminate the ATF. Um, I got this from uh, the American Firearms Association. Now, if you guys are not familiar with the American Firearms Association, um, you really ought to make yourself familiar with them. These guys are doing what no Second Amendment group is doing. They go in and they educate staff members of representatives. Many and and a lot of times I I watch some of their, their video casts where they get on and talk about it because they started out as Ohio, I think it was Ohio Firearms Association or something like that. And now they're just sort of national. They're they're, you know. Going to the states and this, that, and the other. But they'll go in and they give them documented information on what the Second Amendment means as far as the right to keep and bear arms. These guys are are brothers, the Door Brothers, D O R R, the Door Brothers. And yesterday I had the great privilege, we're going to be, and I told you about this guy. Their father is, is Paul Door. And Paul Door is the guy, if you guys remember, if you've been listening for some time, Paul Door is the guy who will go into a community. The community invites him in. He goes in and helps them defund the public indoctrination centers you call public schools. And he has a tremendous... They are frightened of Paul Doerr. Why? Because he's going to teach the people how to take their money away from them. And uh, we had about... It took me forever to get in touch with him. And we had about a three-hour conversation yesterday. I said, hey, can you get a hold of your son Aaron or some of the guys there at AFA because uh, I want to bring them on because you've never seen a Second Amendment group like this. They go in to educate the people. They they are absolutely no compromise on any legislation to restrict your your gun abilities, your knife abilities, any of that kind of stuff. It's arms. And uh and they believe exactly what it says and they were trained well by their father to do that. Uh but he, he we're going to be having Paul on I know soon. Um so I and I I, I think you're going to love it. Uh he is in the same vein as Brent Winters that we had on the other day. in fact, they're I believe friends as well, Ron Gibson, some of these guys, and I always love these older men who've who not only said the stuff they went out and done it, and they know they know it works, and so uh he's gonna be coming on to talk to us about that. I know some of you guys out there are gonna be really excited to say, "Oh, we can do that, we can just uh come in here, and we don't have to do all this." This you know, cutting at the branches thing, we can get right to the root, and uh Paul will be on to do that. But AFA put this out, and uh here's what they had said. <clears throat> Excuse me, there may have been a time when gun owners thought that the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms served a legitimate role in the federal government, helping to arrest violent criminals and dangerous gang members. But those days are long gone. And I'll tell you, there was probably a lot of them who have been snookered by the NRA. Um, to think, oh yeah, this it's okay to have this and yada yada yada. And uh, when I used to do a um, uh, a show on Tuesday with a guy uh, by the name of Brian, and Brian was in the federal government, and he told me, he says, you know, when the ATF was formed, it was formed to deal with taxation on firearms. It was it was to collect taxes. It wasn't to do all this other stuff. Now they're just bureaucracy that just thinks they can make up rules about anything. I'm going to show you some of that in just a little bit. But he says that wasn't the case in the beginning. Now the obvious question that I have is again if it's an issue of collecting taxes that, that's something of a law enforcement, isn't it? Hmm, who is the real law enforcers? It's the guys who's supposed to have the guns. Us. Not government. Us. So Here's what they continue on with. These days, we all know that the ATF is nothing more than the personal attack dog for Joe Biden. Look, it's not just Joe Biden. It's not. It's, you know, for Donald Trump. They were, look, these guys, I'm going to show you in just a minute. Under Donald Trump, they were redefining what a machine gun was. For a bump stock, for certain triggers that they had already approved. They had already approved them and said they weren't machine guns. That was under Donald Trump, so don't just give me this stuff about Joe Biden. And, of course, we know, we're going to take a look at some of the things the ATF did, the unconstitutional ATF. There's no provision in the um, in the Constitution for the ATF to even exist. But here's what they do. Spending their days attacking the Second Amendment, harassing law-abiding gun owners, often at their own front door. How often have we mentioned Amos 3.6? Yep, the ATF can't be reformed and they can't be fixed. And I'm going to add, neither can DC. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you've heard what I think about that. They need to be shut down and forever disbanded. Amen. They do. That's all we need to pass Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene's H.R. 3960 to eliminate the ATF. Everyone remembers how Obama and Eric Holder allowed the ATF to give thousands of fully automatic firearms to the Mexican drug cartels through their infamous Operation Fast and Furious, a terrible idea that led to the deaths of hundreds of people. And by the way, that was preceded by George W. Bush and what they did. And I forget the name of it, Operation something, but they were watching their guns too. I don't think they lost any, but they were doing the same thing. And it's like, where did we authorize any of this stuff? Where did we authorize the federal government to be involved in overseeing straw purchases? And frankly, you know what? I don't... I'm of the opinion, if you've got somebody who's created a violent crime, okay? It's one worthy of death, and I, I point back to scripture over that. If you've got somebody who's done it, why are we not putting them six feet under? Why do we threaten everybody else's rights with background checks? See, because you don't need a background check if you live in a society like that. If somebody commits a murder, I don't care if it's a gun, a, a, a knife, whatever the case may be. If they murder somebody in such a fashion, they're to be off the planet. Go see the judge, the real judge, the one who is impartial, who sees all things naked before him. We, we're going to send you to that to him. We're going to give you the gospel because we don't want you to face his full justice. We're going to send you to him. If we do that, then we have no need for the background checks. See, the background checks, in case people don't get this, instead of the American idea and the biblical idea that you are considered innocent until proven guilty, it assumes you are guilty and you must prove your innocence with a background check. See that? So why anybody would want to support a background check is, I have no idea. It's, it's politically correct stuff, but it's not biblical, it's not constitutional, isn't how our, our, our system of government was set up to, to work. So, what happens if this law gets into place? And we're going we're gonna to go to some of these examples that these guys are talking about here in just a second. One, it would require the ATF to publish a list of every firearm they have confiscated and sell them to the American people through a public auction. Now, I might go along with that unless they unlawfully confiscated it. If somebody had committed a cr- actually committed a crime and they done, okay, fine, you want to do that, that's great. But if not, then do the other. Frankly, I'm more towards... If they got a family member, you need to give that property back to the family member. That's me. Disperse the money from this is the second thing. We'll disperse the money from the sale of these farms to the families of border patrol agents killed in the line of duty as a result of Operation Fast and Furious. Well, there was only one and there was another guy uh by the name of Jamie, and I forget his his last name. There was Brian Terry who was the border patrol guy, and then there was another federal agent um Jamie Sapatas. I I forget if that's his name or not. Uh, but he was also killed. Those are the two federal agents. Uh, but it's more than that. There's been a, there's been hundreds of Mexicans. You guys are familiar with Univision, if you haven't heard of them. Um, they're a, a, a Mexican um, television outlet, and they did a, a show. In fact, I think, I want to say they did it, and they had Mitt Romney at the time on, because he was running for president, you know, old Mittens. Uh, they had him down there, and they were asking him, well, what about these millions of people, mi- not millions, hundreds of Mexicans who were killed, including one of them was a teenager, a beauty queen down there. They had a police chief that was killed. Um, they had several that were lined up for assassinations. All of these were from the guns the ATF watched walk be bought and sold and walked across the the U.S.-Mexico border into the hands of these drug cartels. These are the same guns that were used as propaganda for when Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sibarca, the great usurper, he was not a president, he was a usurper, just like Joe Biden is. He, he went down to Mexico and he blamed Americans and the Second Amendment for the gun violence in Mexico. When he's been sitting there funneling the guns into the hands of the, gun, of the drug cartels. That, that was what he was doing. and it would also immediately repeal all ATF regulations and permanently rescind their hiring authority shifting their regulatory functions back to the FBI well we need a thing on that to get rid of those guys too by the way so there's some good and bad and mixed in this and then permanently abolish the ATF 6 months after enactment so 6 months after the bill gets signed into law which under this president i'm guessing or excuse me under this guy who's occupying the white house um don't don't expect no signature on this it's just not gonna, it's not going to happen so let me take you through some things just to remind because some people don't remember and this is one of the big ones when congress was investigating operation fast and furious which was the ATF they requested to have documents sent to them in fact, it, here, let me just show you this where I, I lead up to the other, because I know some people know what I'm talking about, so I'm not giving you a lot of you new information. Some don't know, and then some have forgotten. Even though it's only been a few years, we forget stuff, don't we? I mean, we have to be reminded. I forget stuff all the time. They requested documents, and this is some of the documents that came back It was requested by Congress, which is supposed to. Congress is supposed to be representing the people, right? The government works for us. The government doesn't get to say, "Hey, we will tell you what we want to. We'll show you what we want to show you, and we won't show you what we want. Won't show you." And uh, that's not the way it's supposed to work. Not in a free society, in an open society. It does in a corrupt and uh, criminal government, but not in a free society. We can handle the truth. We really can. We're big boys and girls. We can do that. But here is Congress, and this is some of the documents. I, I just want to put this out here. Here's some of the documents that showed up at their request from the DOJ regarding Operation Fast and Furious.
0: Check it out. ...ongoing criminal investigations. Thank you for inviting me to testify, and I'd be pleased to answer your questions. I certainly hope so. I recognize myself. Sir... If you're going to count pages like this as discovery, you should be ashamed of yourself. The only thing that this says is eternal use only, not for dissemination outside the ATF. That's not discovery. That is saying that nothing within the document requested, under any circumstances, are we going to be shown. It doesn't take so long if you don't spend your life redacting. The pages go on like this forever. You've given us black paper instead of white paper. You might as well have given us a ream still in its original binder. How dare you make an opening statement? How dare you make an opening statement of cooperation? We've had to subpoena again and again. Your representatives of 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 your organization, of the executive branch, have discouraged witnesses from coming forward.
3: Okay, so this is Daryl Issa. He's holding up all these pages that are completely redacted. I mean, there's just, there's nothing on them. Now, here's the question I have for Daryl I- uh, Issa Don't you have some way that when they're not being forthcoming, or when you do like, and I'll remind you that Eric Holder was found to be in contempt of Congress? Never held to account for it. Never. Don't you guys have somebody called a sergeant-at-arms you can say, put this man under arrest? I mean, isn't there some kind of authority like that? I was thinking there's some kind of authority like that. This is why I don't understand it. When they catch them perjuring themselves before Congress, they don't get the sergeant at arms to say, put this man under arrest, he has perjured himself, we are going to bring him through due process, but he needs to be arrested for his crimes. Why don't they do this? See, and I think this is where Bradley gets on to the thing of great, great appeasers. They they grill them, they rip them, they shred them, they sound mean and tough. But they don't do anything. They're, they they got to bark, they don't have any bite. And here we are, how many years on from, from Fast and Furious? Nobody, not a single soul, has been held to account for putting nearly 2,000 guns across the Mexican border. And then trying to lay the blame at the, the gun dealers who they told to sell, sell the guns to these guys they were selling them to. I mean, you don't get no more criminal than that. You really don't. It's like I said, D.C. is organized crime, period. That's what it is. That's why it needs to go. It needs to go. The whole thing needs to go. Not just the ATF. The whole system there needs to go. It has become a beast system, just like other beast systems of the past. And if you don't see the beast system thing, if you don't understand that, go back to Daniel, read about the beasts, the empires that have been set up. And yes, the United States, not the United States of America, has been set up as an empire, not only here, throughout the world. They've done that. Let me give you a couple of other things. Now, you can go to sonsoflibertymedia.com. Uh, I believe I was probably covering this... Before I came on with SOL Media uh, at Freedom Outpost. So you can look up Freedom Outpost. It's under I, I don't know who ended up buying the thing. Business Insider, or Insider, or something like that. And just put in Freedom Outpost and you'll find it. It'll be like a subdomain or something. You can go in there and you can search things. They took off all the author's names and stuff, so it makes some a little bit difficult. But you can put in Fast and Furious. You can find some stuff there. But you can go to sonsoflibertymedia dot com, put in Fast and Furious, and you'll find all kinds of stuff um, that we've got there. I want to walk you through a couple of things just to remind you, uh, in case you're you're thinking, um, hey, it's it's okay for this, but uh, you know, I made mention a little while ago when when ATF set, or A uh, American Firearms Association mentioned, you know, Joe Biden. These right here are under. Donald Trump. These things, right? These stories right here in Fixing to Give You are under Donald Trump. ATF looking to reclassify bump stocks after approving them. When did this happen? This story was December the 23rd, 2017. Does anybody remember what came right before this? This was the infamous Mandela Bay shooting that came right before it. And when the story came out, what happened? Well, they had all these guns and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and some of them had bump stocks. Do you remember what some of them had that had the bump stocks? That's right. They had bipods on the front of them. Now, if you have never shot a a rifle with a bump stock, by the way, you can bump fire, and I'm going to explain some of this in just a second. You can bump fire without a bump stock. Yep. There's all kinds of videos online. you got some of these kids running around doing it through their belt loop. So they got the rifle down at the side. they got their finger through the belt loop. And what it does is it creates this little motion. So when you have um, a semi-automatic rifle, which is every, every pull of the trigger is a shot. And then when you release the trigger, it resets, and you pull it again, and there's a shot. Okay? So what it does is it sits there, and the recoil bounces it back and forth, and you just hold it forward, you push forward on it, and it takes a certain amount of practice. You can't just slap it on and do it. It takes a certain amount of practice to do it, and I'll have some videos in the archive so you can see some of what it's done, but there's other people who've learned to do it on their shoulder, and instead of holding it real tight in their shoulder, they hold it loose, and they pull forward on it, and so the recoil bounces it back, so their finger is staying in one place, and the gun is back and forth hitting their finger, so it almost looks like it's a fully automatic weapon. That's that's the way it sort of operates, okay? But here was the ATF. They had approved a bump stock. It's a, it's a, it's a device. It's not a gun. And they had already approved it, saying this, is, this doesn't meet anything of a, a machine gun. Why does it not? Because you still have to pull the trigger. For every pull of the trigger, there is one shot, Okay. Then we move up. That was in December, uh, December the 23rd, 2017. Then we move up to March 27th, 2021. And there, a court tells the ATF in a Gun Owners of America case, don't treat bump stocks like machine guns. Too late, they'd already been doing that. Okay? Court told them that. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. Then, we have April... The eleventh, twenty twenty two, this year. <laughs> it's power steering for your rifle. I like that. That's actually very good. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I have people who will, who will, uh, they would, they, when we would write these stories, they, they would come out and they would go, well, nobody needs a bump stock anyway, and it's just a waste. That's not the point. That's not the point. The point is shall not be infringed. I don't care if it's a machine gun or not. And again, too many Second Amendment groups are more than willing to go along with what Antonin Scalia said. Oh, you know, if it's in common use and, you know, we don't want machine guns out there. That's not what the Second Amendment says, guys. And I think the Second Amendment covers bazookas, tanks, warships. I, I, look, I don't put any, because they were clearly using warships, private warships, to fight the Barbary Wars through letters of mark and reprisal, which our Constitution allows Congress to, to, to write and issue to private citizens or contractors, as we would see them today, uh, to go and fight battles on behalf of the United States of America, but they would not send their military. See, there's a big difference in those two things. And we don't even use letters of mark and reprisal. We just say, oh, we're just going to send the military in there. We don't need Congress for this, blah, blah, blah. And under Obama, we had Leon Panetta, and there was another general beside him sitting before old Jeff Sessions. And Jeff knew that they were supposed to come to Congress before they went into Libya doing what they were doing there. And he was chastising them, but nobody was getting arrested. Nobody was being held account for their crimes against the United States and Libya. They weren't doing any of that. So we find in April 11th of this year, the AT- And I told you this, if you go back and you read my articles on the bump stock, I said, the next thing they're going to do is they're going to come and they're going to try to go after all these triggers. Fos-tech, um, and I forget what they call it. I got one in my um, safe. But the but some of these triggers, what they do is they develop them and ATF passed the Fostec, uh, the echo trigger. That's what they called it, the echo trigger. So what happened was when you pull the trigger, you got a shot. And when you release the trigger, you got a shot. Okay? Pull the trigger, you got a shot, release the trigger. And the ATF approved that, too. And I said, you watch. They'll be going after this if they get the bump stocks. And who was pushing the bump stocks? Donnie Trump. For all you Trumpites out there, he was attacking your Second Amendment. And he attacked it with the red flag laws, too, by the way. And got it all set up for Joe Biden to come in there and do what he's doing with it. Okay? Here's what they wanted to do. They wanted to broaden that definition. They didn't listen to the court. They wanted to broaden the definition of the machine gun. And they were told by the court, Sixth Circuit, quit trying to do that stuff, but they, they tried to do it anyway. Now here's something else. I've got several of these. Actually, let me jump to this one. Um, this is one of the triggers that they tried to, to deal with. The rare breed trigger. Now, I've got to tell you guys... <laughs> This is rare breed firearms. Isn't, these, isn't this a work of art here? Uh, these are, Now, they have these in the AR style, uh, the one they call the Crusader here, and then they have the one that is the Spartan. And they not only have it in the rifle, they have it in the pistol form, too. Not like a handgun, but, but the pistol form of the AR, AR platform. But they also have what they call rare breed triggers, okay? And this is the rare breed trigger, and it works similar to the Echo, the, um, the echo trigger. But I'm going to take a few minutes here and just play the guy because the ATF was going after this guy. This is the guy down in Florida. We, I was trying to get in touch with him, never could get in touch with him uh, probably a, a year ago when all this was going on. But this guy defied the ATF over them trying to you know, deal with his trigger because and, and labeled it a machine gun. Take a listen to how he explains how this works and what they're doing. Come <sharp inhale>
2: I'm Lawrence DeMonico, president of Rare Breed Firearms and Rare Breed Triggers, and I'm here to announce our new drop-in, semi-automatic, forced reset trigger for the AR-15 platform. During this video, we are going to show you what it is, how it operates, and why it is an excellent choice for many practical applications. As you can clearly see, the trigger is being depressed for each round that is fired, or as the ATF would define it, each round that is fired requires a single function of the trigger. Okay, now after that demonstration, you're sure to have numerous questions such as, how does it work? And of course, is that trigger legal? Before I answer either one of those questions, I think it's important for us to review the law that defines a machine gun and further discuss a semi-automatic firearm's cycle of operation. So here we go. The National Firearms Act 26 U.S.C. 5845 B defines machine gun to include any combination of parts designed and intended for use in converting a weapon to shoot automatically, more than one shot, without manual reloading by a single function of the trigger. The Auto-Sear, known by various trade names including AR-15 Auto-Sear, Drop-in Auto-Sear, and Auto-Sear 2 is a combination of parts designed and intended for use in converting a weapon to shoot automatically more than one shot, without manual reloading, by a single function of the trigger. Consequently, the Auto-Sear is a machine gun, as defined by 26 USC 5845B. Okay, now the cycle of operation. Although there are many different types of firearms, each type has a specific cycle of operation. All semi-automatic firearms have eight steps that occur during the cycle of operation. Those steps are firing, unlocking, extracting, ejecting, cocking, feeding, chambering, and locking. Now we're going to show you a simple animation comparing the cycle of operation using a MIL-Spec trigger and our FRT. Okay, I'm going to start with a standard MIL-Spec trigger. With the bolt locked, round in the chamber, and safety off, the cycle of operation begins as the shooter squeezes the trigger. The round fires. As the round passes the gas port, most of the gas is vented through the gas tube and begins the process of sending the bolt to the rear. When that process starts, the bolt unlocks. The empty brass is then extracted from the chamber and ejected from the firearm. As the bolt moves to the rear, it cocks the hammer. At this point, the shooter may continue to hold the trigger to the rear or release some of the rearward pressure and allow the trigger to reset. As the spring behind the buffer pushes the bolt forward, a new round is stripped from the magazine. That new round is then forced into the chamber. As the bolt is fully closed, it locks into place and the cycle is ready to be repeated. And now for the FRT. With the bolt locked, round in the chamber and safety off, the cycle of operation begins as the shooter squeezes the trigger. The round fires. As the round passes the gas port, most of that gas is vented through the gas tube and begins the process of sending the bolt to the rear. When that process starts, the bolt unlocks. The empty brass is then extracted from the chamber and ejected from the firearm. As the bolt moves to the rear, it cocks the hammer, which is the point in the cycle of operation where our FRT is different from a standard mil-spec trigger. In our patented design, as the bolt cocks the hammer, the hammer forces a reset on the trigger, which pushes the shooter's finger forward. Simultaneously, as the trigger is forced into a reset, the locking bar pivots into position, mechanically locking the trigger, preventing it from functioning again until the cycle of operation is complete. As the spring behind the buffer pushes the bolt forward, a new round is stripped from the magazine. That new round is then forced into the chamber. As the bolt closes and locks into place, that locking bar disengages, which allows for the cycle to be repeated.
3: Okay, alright, so you guys get the idea of what, of what he's done here. And he's just simply went on and, and, and shown you how, how that works, okay? Now, I know with the Fostec that, that I have, you pull the trigger, it fires around. That is, you know, one of those functions of the trigger, a single function of the trigger. So you pull it, and then when you let it go, it fires again, okay? And the way they got around it was, was they could pull the trigger... And you could throw on the safety, and you could let it go, and it wouldn't fire the round. And that's what the ATF, I actually had, and when I did a story on it, when it first came out, I did a story on that, and that was what the ATF said they had to have in order to keep it from being a quote-unquote machine gun. Now, a trigger's not a machine gun. Everybody knows that, right? It's not. Neither is a bump stock. It's a piece of plastic, for goodness sake. It's, it's, it's nothing. But this guy right here... Uh, with Rare Breed, boy, they hounded him and hounded him and hounded him, and he was just not having any of it. He was he was like, nope, this is what the law is, I'm going to take my stand here. But this is the same ATF that walked the guns across the Mexico, uh, Mexico border, U.S. border, and hundreds, maybe thousands of people in Mexico and the United States have been killed. One of them was uh, not too, well... It happened many years after Fast and Furious. Uh, I had that here. I think this one was uh, one of them. This one was from Phoenix, Arizona. I guess the guys, when they cleared out our images, they took all the images that were there. Anyway, this was from 2014. And there was a murder scene in Phoenix, Arizona, of which the gun that was used was obtained... Via Obama and Eric Holder's Operation Fast and Furious, and the report comes from Judicial Watch. As you can see, um, that uh, that there was—I mean—and it was a bloody scene. It, it was in inside uh, somebody's house there in Phoenix, Arizona. If you guys didn't catch that, uh, I'll have all these linked up in the uh, in the archive later. Then we have. Not only were, was the ATF doing all of this, not only did nobody answer for it at all, but Eric Holder was held in contempt. Remember when I showed you Daryl Issa here? He was, uh, Eric Holder was held in contempt of Congress. To this day, Congress has not brought him to justice. In fact, he's out on the West Coast playing his role as attorney, pushing the agenda he was pushing in the Obama administration. Same thing. And you wonder why people are frustrated? But let me tell you something. I've told you before, I'll tell you again. I don't leave you without hope here. Okay? You and I are the solution to all this mess. But we've got to stop abrogating our responsibilities and our duties. This is why we have rights. This is why we have the authority and liberties that we have is to do our duty before God and man. This is why it's important that we as men and ladies I know some of you are probably great marksmen and all this other stuff, but Brent was hitting on this just like i I try to hit on it. The men are supposed to be the protectors if you're an able bodied man, and I don't even put a limit on on your age, I know you know technically it's forty uh, somewhere around forty or forty five something like that twenty to forty five eighteen to forty five whatever the case may be. I'm like if if you're able to get up and you're able to use the gun and um, yeah and you can do the stuff, you should be part of militia. Sorry, you, you should be part of it. As a man. You should be defending your home, your family, your neighbors, uh, and not sending women out to do it. But this is this is part of the problem. You go, Tim, where does that come from? Article one, section eight, clause fifteen. Constitution, read it. That's You are the law enforcer. You're the law enforcer. You're the ones to repel the invasions. You're the one to put down insurrections. Not the ATF. Not the National Guard. Not the military. Not the FBI. Not the Border Patrol. See, see how government has grown because we've abrogated our responsibilities in this country? The talk of smaller government has just been that. Talk. Everybody who talks about smaller government, listen to their solution. It's always more government. On both sides. Both sides. Let me give you, for instance. When you got, when we had Sandy Hook, okay. Obama wanted all this, the CDC to do these studies. They have no business doing any of that stuff. Uh, he wanted, you know, more gun control. He wanted all these other things, and that was shot down. dying. Feinstein wanted basically every gun except for maybe revolvers uh, banned. I don't know what good that's going to do in a land that has, you know, three million guns. Um, or, excuse me, yeah, is it three? No, 300 million guns. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with it. But here's, the, or 100 million, whatever the thing is, it's a bunch that we have in this country, okay? They wanted to do that. Well, what was the, what was the, what was the other side the same side of the the, uh, same coin, the other side of the same coin. What was the Republican response to that? Oh, we need to, we're for small government, but we need a resource officer in every school in America. It's like, dummies, why don't you just quit infringing on people's rights? People obviously trust their, their kids with all these teachers at the school. Not that I would, but they do. Why don't you just give them, you know, quit infringing on their right to carry their weapon if if they've got a gun and know how to use it? Why why, why infringe on them? And we know that 90 something percent at one time it was it was upwards of 98% of all mass shootings were taking place in gun-free zones. Most of them were schools. I think that number's dropped just a little bit, but not much. It's still up in the 90 percentile. But then it doesn't just stop there. We were dealing with the ATF with the U.S. and Mexico. What about the other gun running that was going on? The international fast and furious, Benghazi to Syria. And I'd interviewed uh, Tonto Paranto from the Benghazi fiasco thing that was going on there, all that mess. And I asked him about, were they running guns there? And he says, well, I, I didn't see any evidence of it. He said, but I can tell you this, there was a school... They were supposed to dedicate, I think it was going to teach English, I believe that's what, if I understand it correct, it was beside the the little compound there that the ambassador was staying in, and he was supposed to be there the next day to open that that school, and he said, we went around to check it, and they would only let us in the back room of that building. He said, so if they were running guns, if they were doing this, it was in the other part of that building. He says, but I saw nothing else there, but he said, that's a good question to ask. That's there. What about... Even the Pentagon. Iraq. Over half a million guns lost by the Pentagon in Iraq and Afghanistan. Over half a million Ah. And no we're not even going to mention what happened with, with Biden and Afghanistan and what went on in that. My goodness, how much stuff was lost there, too. But all this comes back to this. They're more than willing to give arms to the enemy, but they want to attack the rights that you and I have to keep of our arms here in our own country. Why? Because they're scared we're going to figure out. It's them that really are the tyrants and the dictators that we have to deal with instead of some third world pen pot hat dictator. And we've got to deal with them. Do I support this bill? Yeah, I support it. I support anything to get rid of D.C., even if it comes in chunks. Yeah, I support it. H.R. 3960. And call your congressman, call your senator, and tell him, you quit voting for this stuff. Quit supporting it. Um, yeah, that's what we need to do. We need to get back to a constitutional republic, and that's going to happen when we eliminate this beast system that's been set up and we start all over, as Thomas Jefferson said, in the Declaration of Independence. Bradley be on at 3, catch him then, and we'll talk to you in the morning with Lynn Taylor. See ya.